But today, we're going to talk about what do you do when you get upside down on a flip. You know, hopefully, I hope this never happens to you. But the reality is that it does. And, and, and what made me think of it is right now, of the five that I've got, I'm working right now, I'm upside down on one, I'm pretty sure. And another one, I'm probably around break even. And uh, that may be wishful thinking on that one. So it happens. So you got to look and say, you know, what do you do? Uh, I think it's best usually to get out before you get in any deeper. Um, it usually gets worse because you don't know what you don't know. And that's just the reality. Um, you know, the, the best scenario is to never get into one that's going to lose you money. Um, and that goes back to investigating properly before you ever make the purchase, before you ever buy your flip. Um, but we're all, you know, we all make mistakes and we all run into things that we don't expect to see. That's just, that's just normal. So don't beat yourself up. It doesn't mean you're bad at this just because you're losing money. But if you do this as a habit, then obviously this is not going to be an income uh, source. This is going to be a bad hobby. So we don't want that. Um, and we've covered the idea of, of, of you know, pre-auction, pre-purchase investigation, what you should be looking for. We've done that before in the past. We'll do it some more in the future. If you have got questions, you can always ask me. But I'm not going to talk about that element right now because hopefully you've done some due diligence and you purchased something. And now, in this scenario, you're in trouble because it, it came out uh, not as good as you, you thought it would. Um, and I, I know my dad always said, uh, you know, don't throw good money at, at bad or after bad or how he ever, how he put it. I, honestly, I, I, I didn't listen to my dad all the time. Probably should have. He's probably a heck of a lot smarter than, than I, I gave him credit for. And probably smarter than me. A lot of people are. Um, <laughs> but the, the things I want to talk about today are, are uh, you know, finding a way to salvage the project with without without spending any more uh, or find a way to salvage it while spending the very least you can. Those are two solutions that, that I generally use. And the third one is to find a way to make the flip worth more than a typical flip, given you know what you're working on. Um, whatever it is, uh, you know, just you're trying to maximize the outcome and cut your costs that way, you know, you, you, you can make a profit, possibly make a profit, or at least break even. Um, this way is the is the the riskiest option by far. Um, and you'll probably find that it's the one I lean away from. But we'll talk about that because it's it's something definitely in some situations that will make sense for you. Um, so let's first let's let's talk about you know how to salvage it without spending any more money. Um, this is this is a lot of the times what I do. Um, not all the time though, because I'm I'm trying to look for the best scenario, and in some cases it's really like the only scenario. Um, the ways that you can do this are are sell it as is, where is, and and just try to get it out as soon as possible. Because remember, your time is worth something too. So if you're having to show this this piece of junk to somebody. Yeah, 20 different times just to, to walk away with a loss, it's not worth it um, or might not be worth it. You know, I, I don't want to be definitive on everything because I know that every situation is a little bit different. 
But that's I, I I feel good about this too because I'm doing full disclosure with somebody. That's something I always prefer to do. Um, we'll talk about that more. Um, another another option though, and this is something that that I've had some success doing is to offer trades. Uh, just open it up to trade. Say you know trades considered, um, and in hope that you might be able to trade up. Uh, be careful not to trade down, but, you know, use your eyes. And and, and now you may have an, a, another opportunity to do due diligence again and possibly get into something that you'd rather have because somebody else would rather have what you have. Um, this happens, especially if you can think outside of the box a little bit, like say take a boat or a trailer in on trade, something that you normally don't don't deal with. It could be an opportunity for you. Um, I've taken real estate in on trade, something I really like. And, uh, you know, keep your options open. It's, it, 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 this stuff is out there. The, the opportunities are out there sometimes, not every time. Um, another option that you can have when you're, when we're dealing with this, as far as, is, uh, you know, limiting your exposure, um, is to consider selling it at auction. Um, and there's a lot of different auction opportunities. I've talked about them before in the past, but just to you know revisit this, you've got dealer auctions. Now, if you are a dealer, you can generally sell at dealer auctions. I'm not it, your your local dealer auction may not allow you as an individual to sell at the dealer auction, but if they will, it could be open to to anybody. But the thing about dealers, about the dealer auction, I feel good about is that it, it's kind of every we're all on the same level. Uh, buyer beware kind of thing and and unfortunately every now and then we come out on the wrong end of the deal uh, but we should all know better we all we all should be able to investigate um, so when I sell a, a car at a dealer auction I feel like it's not so much up to me to inform the buyer about every single thing I know that they're they're probably expecting there's something wrong with the vehicle um, I don't really want to catch somebody out there uh, and I may even make an announcement from the uh, the you know through the auctioneer that that this or that is wrong just because you know I don't want to earn a bad reputation. But the fact is, honestly, if I sell a vehicle at the dealer auction, people know me and they know that if there's money to be made. Chances are I'm selling it a different way. So there's a, a reason why I'm here because this is not my my typical method of operation. There's public auctions. And and with this, uh, I, I've done it before. I've sold vehicles at a public auction. But again, I don't feel my conscience doesn't really let me sell them uh, without making some kind of disclosure from from the auctioneer's table and telling somebody what's what I found wrong with it. But in some cases, you know, it's not like what is wrong with it, like a transmission. Sometimes it's just so many things wrong with it. Uh and and it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad vehicle. I've got one right now that that we I'm not upside down on. I'm going to do fine on this one, but I'm going to disclose everything that I found out from Dennis Johnson, my mechanic, who's the greatest mechanic around here. I haven't mentioned that for a while, so I thought I'd say that. Uh, anyway, I'm going to tell you if you come and take a look at this vehicle, I'm going to tell you everything I know that's wrong with it. I'll probably show you Dennis's report on it. And but everything that's on there, if you're a do-it-yourself kind of cat. It won't cost you a lot. It's it's gaskets and hoses and some simple stuff that you can fix. Vehicle runs great, shifts out great, doesn't look bad. It's going to be a good vehicle, and I'll make a few bucks. They'll get a good deal, and uh, that so that doesn't really fall into this category. Um, 
and and uh, but it but it it kind of it kind of does for me. It can, you know, I, it's not worth me putting the money in it and bumping that thing up to another level. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Um, but a public auction, it it where it is buyer beware. That's a, that's the truth. But the fact is that the buyers are not as seasoned as dealers. So I feel a little shy about selling them that way. Another auction opportunity that that could be available to you and is, is for me is a an estate auction um, where a, the auctioneer is uh, uh, auctioning off the estate. Typically, somebody has passed away. Sometimes they're they they're actually just have gone to a nursing home and the family says let's let's sell their things because they they can't sell them anymore. Um, and the estate is offering the house and all the goods that are in the house, and they they auction these things off one at a time. Uh, occasionally, you can find a, a, a an estate auctioneer or a real estate auctioneer who will invite you to to put vehicles in their estate auction, um, and this can be pretty lucrative because the vehicle goes along with the house. They auction it off separately. But the people are there ready to spend money. And anytime you've got supply and demand, if you've got two or three people who are interested in your vehicle for whatever reason, um, it can drive the price up. And another thing I like about estate auctions is generally, at least here where, where I'm at, the auctioneer himself is paid, his commission is paid by the buyer. So uh, whatever amount is is uh, collected on that deal goes to you. And uh it can be really easy. You've got a title for the vehicle. They want a vehicle. They This is where they want to be. And there's no other vehicles competing with it. So it can work out. And if it doesn't sell, if you, you, you can put a, on all three of the auctions, you can put a a uh, uh, a floor on it. You, you've got to get this floor or you will not sell. And uh, so that, that gives you some protection. So that's another way that you can um, move a vehicle without putting any more money into it. You're selling it as is, where is at the auction. Um, another way, another way, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> I wanna take a little break right now because I gotta grab a drink of water. I'm gonna tell you my favorite way to deal with this. And then we'll, we'll I've got two, I think two more favorite ways, two, way, two more ways to deal with it. One is my favorite. And then we're gonna jump ahead to some other methods, but I'll be right back in about a minute or something. Okay, let's talk about my favorite way um, to to actually create a profit in a situation where it looks like you're not going to make a profit. Um, so we, we're we're trying to salvage this situation without spending any more money. We're still under that category, and my favorite way is to find an alternative revenue source. This is this is something you've probably heard me talk about before. Maybe I haven't used those terms, but that's really what I'm talking about. My favorite way is a barter exchange. And you've heard me talk about this before. Some of you may automatically turn off to it. And I, I, I'm sorry that you do, if, if that's the case, because this, this way has been extremely profitable for me and has, in some ways, revolutionized the way that I live. So um, I highly recommend that you at least investigate into it. Now, a barter exchange is a way for businesses of all types to exchange products and services with other businesses of all types. And I belong to three of these barter exchanges and they are located, um, the, these the two of them are international. 
Uh, why? Actually, all three of them are international because the third one just opened a branch in Canada. Um, but uh, some are more regional, some are more national, and and some of them do international trading. I don't really do a lot of international trading, but but I I, I say that just to stress the fact that that these are pretty big operations and these are operations that a lot of businesses participate in and the beautiful thing about a a uh, alternative revenue source and an alternative way to pay is it creates a different supply and demand um and it's and that is something that i've benefited from greatly not only with my my car flipping business my car dealership but also with other businesses that i've am and have been involved in in the past supply and demand is a very big key of all business and it basically if you don't understand that that's fine um, the fact is that that the, the smaller the supply and the greater the demand the greater price you can get for it and and so this can create a situation um, where possibly your your vehicle is one of just a few vehicles that are available through a barter exchange and and now if you have let's say you have three vehicles that are available and you have 30 people who want to buy a vehicle you may have a, sh a shot at selling your vehicle for a, a pretty good price um and i i tend to do this about two three four five times a year i'll sell a vehicle this way and generally it works out I believe very much in my favor, but the beautiful thing is, is the folks who are buying it also feel that it's working out in their favor, which is my favorite thing that everybody, uh, it, it feels like they're getting the better end of the deal. Um, and, and that's, that's probably something I could, I could delve into further, but, but I'm not going to today. I've talked about this in the past. Um, so that's one thing that I really recommend. However, however, there's another way, another alternative revenue source in a way um and that is to to uh sell your vehicle outside of your immediate geographic area the normal geographic area where you sell vehicles like for instance i typically sell my vehicles in north alabama and south central tennessee that's usually where a car will sell for me um i I'm, I'm not opposed to selling a vehicle someplace else. And I have sold vehicles as far away as, I think, Colorado, uh, New York, possibly Michigan. Um, I, I think those, that's about as far as a vehicle from me has gone. But I honestly, I don't think I tried. Well, the, the one, Colorado, I think I tried to sell the vehicle there. And, and the reason that you might be able to do this is because... Uh, the the vehicle may have a greater value in a different area, a different climate, a different situation. Um, just for instance, uh, let's say, let's say you've got I I've got every vehicle I have. Well, <laughs> every vehicle except for one has zero rust on it, no rust, because I'm in North Alabama. We don't see rust. This one vehicle I have happened to come down from up north, and it's got a little rust on it. That's a very rare thing for us. We we typically see vehicles that are just whisper clean. Even if they're dirty, they're clean as far as rust goes. And that can be a big deal if you're in Detroit or if you're in Milwaukee or if you're in Des Moines, Iowa or, or you know, tons of places across the United States where rust is just a thing that they deal with. And they 
they may think, wow, I'd love to get that car and I don't mind doing this, that, and this repair to it because I'm going to have, you know, a car that looks like it came from the showroom compared to what folks drive around, you know, for the same amount of money. So simple as that. Rust could, could no rust could make your car worth more. Just they, they see it and say, wow, that's a 2008. That looks fantastic. Um, it, it could be that your vehicle has four-wheel drive and four-wheel drive is not that big of a deal here. You know, maybe a little bit, but not as big a deal as it is up up in hunting area, up in up in a place where there's tons of snow. Um, you, you could have a convertible, and maybe you're in Des Moines, Iowa, or or uh, um, way up in the Upper Peninsula, and nobody really wants a convertible up there except for like two weeks of the year, and you just happen to have one. It may sell better in Atlanta uh, than than it is there. Just a diesel. Uh, Maybe there's a place that diesels are are more desired than yeah, you get my point. Um, there there can be geographically beneficial ways to market your vehicle, even though you have problems. So you think outside the box. Look for ways to sell the vehicle that you have the way it is without spending any more money. It can work. It really can. And these are typically the the, the approaches that I take when I get upside down on one. Now, another approach that I, that I take, and it's an approach that I, I have taken on one of these vehicles I'm talking about right now, is, is to salvage it while spending the least that I can. Um, now, you've heard me say the term safe and sellable, if you've listened to the podcast before. That's typically what, what uh, my, my, my mechanics at, at Dennis Johnson Auto Repair here in, in uh, North Alabama what we talk about, they, they, those are pretty much the instructions that I give them when I bring a vehicle to them, take a look at it, tell me what I need to do to make it safe and sellable. Um, I usually sell my vehicles at a low price point. I, I, I don't concern myself with having everything meticulously repaired. I just want them to be safe. And if there's things that I do not repair, I, I usually disclose that. I say, I didn't fix these things because I didn't think they were necessary right now, but you're going to probably want to get to them eventually. And that makes my conscience feel good and it keeps the price down. Um, so that's pretty much what I always do. But sometimes I'll, 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 I'll put a little extra money into it because I know I can get a little more extra money out. Uh, like we were just like, well, I feel like we're going to talk a little bit. Um, but I, 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 you know, you weigh the value of what you're doing uh, to the flip and then disclose what you're not doing. And my belief is, and I this is proven over and over again, my belief is that the right buyer is going to come, come buy the vehicle from me when I'm honest. I, I, I've had a couple phone calls today where the people, I think that has shocked them because I told them every truth I know, and that's what I prefer to do. And and they they're not coming to look at the vehicles, but that's fine. I I don't want to sell the vehicle to the wrong the wrong buyer. So uh, that's that's how I conduct business. I I encourage you to do the same. But you know do 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 what you do, but uh, uh, safe and sellable. That's 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 the way I like them. Um, another way uh, along these lines, because we're you know you're so now I'm saying fix what you need to to make the the thing sellable at as good a price as you can get within reason. Um, another place, though, is be frugal. Be frugal when you source your parts and be 
frugal as you source your labor. Um, as far as parts goes, that's as simple as as where are you spending your money? Now, we, we're doing safe and sellable. We're fixing the things that we feel like we need to fix. Um, sometimes it's okay to use used parts. I, I use a couple used parts this week, uh, one for a power steering pump. I pulled a power steering pump out of a car that had uh, almost 200,000 miles less on it than the car that I'm selling. Um, so practically a new part to go into a very not new vehicle. That saved a lot of money on that that particular vehicle. I also buy parts from, um, so I, I, I usually, for that, I usually go to carpart.com. You've probably heard me talk about it. Um, there's links on our website, of course, for, for carpart.com. And, uh, and another, my favorite sources, and these are not, I, I do not receive income from either one of these. Uh, I wish I did, but I don't. Uh, from Rock Auto. Um, you've probably heard their advertisements. Maybe you already buy. And if you're a, a member of the, um, the car flipping forum, you'll see me post uh, discounts. You can save an extra 5% with the discount code that we put on there. And that's, again, I'm, I'm not getting revenue from that. I'm just trying to save you money, help you make more money, because that's that's our goal here. Um, so that that's a great source to buy everything from brand new alternators and and uh, uh, to windshield wipers. I, I, I use that for everything. Um, I usually discuss it with my mechanics and say, is it okay if I buy this part there? Because sometimes they say, no, don't buy that stuff from Rock Auto. We want to get that directly from the dealer. And sometimes you can't buy what you want. I, I needed to get a uh, a rear hatch handle, and I, I could not find it anyplace except for the dealer. That's where we had to buy it from. And my guys are great. They they sold it to me for their cost, which still was you know about four times what I was hoping it would cost. But but they were able to get it and fix it and 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 put it back on my lot right away. We can get back in that hatch and we can sell that vehicle. Um, discount Tire in uh, any any of their competitors. I, I've got them all listed on the now on on the when you go to flippinggenius.com you'll you can go to the resources page and find all these places for tools and and parts and batteries and and tires and anything else I can think of ways for you to save money including floor mats and hubcaps um and I I'm constantly looking for new ones and if you know of ones that I should have on there let me know let me know flippingquestions at gmail.com that's how you send me how you send me an email um but but save as much money as you can on your parts because Every dollar you save is a uh, one less dollar that you you will lose if you sell the car for a, a low end price, which is that's what we're talking about. Um, and and then I, I've said labor. Uh, if you can save money on labor by doing it yourself, do it yourself. I I always replace my own batteries. I always do my uh, windshield wipers. Um, I do a lot of my detail work. I do. I do the, the really simple stuff. As I've said many times in the past, uh, my mechanics say if you see Randy under the hood of the car, it probably means you just ran him over. But but we can say unless he's replacing the battery because that's something I do. But you may be you may be more handy at this. You may be better at this. You may not be as lazy as me. And you may be able to do some repairs on your own. So if you can do it, you'll save that money. Why not? Why not save it? Unless, unless your time is much, much, much more valuable than what you pay your mechanic. And that's that's very possible. Um, I, I have friends who make a substantial income and 
they they would be better off using more of their time at, at making that income than this because they make uh, much more per hour than they pay their mechanics. Um, and But they still want more money and they're still doing flips. God bless America, right? Uh, so, you know, know your own capability and expand it. You can do more. You can. I, so don't don't necessarily follow what I do. I, I know who I am and I, I don't I don't mind it. So I, that's how I that's how I do it. But uh, also, you know, look for alternatives. I you can tell I'm extremely loyal to to my my mechanics. Um, but there may be some some jobs that they don't really care if they get. And I do have a, a line on a mobile mechanic here who will come to me and, and do some some things. He will do it on labor on barter so that's something i've recently discovered and my guys at dentist say hey, you know do what you got to do we, we want you to make money so so that's a that's a new resource for me that could save me some money and that's that outside the box thinking so uh, it kind of combines the what i was talking about earlier and what i'm talking about right now um and 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 another thing don't you know don't be asked don't be afraid to ask your mechanic to give you a break uh, tell them, you know, I'm trying to make money on this thing. And especially when you get to be like I am with my guys, you know, I'm in there almost every day, uh, sometimes more than once a day. I, they know they know me. They know what I'm trying to do. And they try to help. I don't expect them to lose money, though. I expect them to be able to pay their bills. So I am i won't ask them to cut their costs so far that it, it makes it where they don't want to work with me. So um, I encourage you to do the same. Be be straightforward and and think of the people you're working with. Uh, give them a give them a chance to make money, but don't be afraid to say, "Hey, is there any way you can give me a break on what you're charging for this?" And the fact is, I don't even I don't even have to ask uh, anymore. They they know what I'm trying to do, and they they give me uh, they give me the breaks that they feel they can, and I I generally don't ask for any more because um, I but that's just me. Right? <laughs> I, I let I let my conscience and my my uh, my my uh, I let these things get in my way I suppose of, of making a couple bucks here and there but I I feel better about at, about it at the end of the day that's that's just how I am but you know you do you do what you do that's fine um, I I I like to I kind of ask my guys you know is there something I can do that will will you know cut a corner here or there or save me some money and and the fact is the reason why I work with Dennis and and Gary and all the guys at Dennis Johnson Auto Repair is because they tell me the truth and if they told me to cut a corner that I didn't feel comfortable about um I would probably know that I'm working with the wrong guys uh, and that's just the reality so you know be be conscious of that because you, we all have to we all have to go you know to the grocery store and see these folks on the next aisle sometime um, you want to do what's right by yourself and by them. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in this life for more than just this deal. It's, this, this goes on and on. Um, and, and Hey, I want to invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions on this, this particular area, especially, um, it, 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 in the car flipping forum, if you're not already a member of the car flipping forum, it's free to join Just Go to, uh, uh, Facebook groups and type in flipping genius. And you'll find the the car flipping form. It's free to join. Um, and then once you're there, please participate and uh, you know share what share what you know, share what you believe, share what you're hoping to learn, and let's let's interact. I I, I love to see the interaction we have. We're right at about a thousand members right now. It continues to grow. 
And I, I really appreciate the, the exchanges that are going on right there. And the fact is, I don't know everything, that's for sure. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to hear some of the things that you guys will, will share there. Um, and let's see, uh, as far as that goes, you can also go to the website, Flipping Genius, F-L-I-P-P-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com, only one G in the middle of that. So it's flippinggenius.com. And you can, you'll see the links to, you know, our resources page, see the links to the, the car flipping forum and join there. Um, we're going to take one little break so I can grab another uh, uh, swig of Kickapoo Joy Juice. And when I come back, we're going to talk about the last thing about how to make your flip worth more than typical to maximize the outcome. Be right back. So we're going to talk now about how to maximize the value of your flip. Um, this is the third option. Uh, so we're going to take a look at, is there a way to make your flip worth more than the typical flip, considering what the raw material is, what you're dealing with? Um, and and again, I, I, I heartily invite your input into this, because this, this honestly is outside of my typical MO. Um, there may have been a handful of times when I've, I've taken this approach, but, uh, you, you need to realistically recognize what the maximum value of your flip can be. Right? Now, now, for instance, if you've got a 2003 Hyundai with 185,000 miles on it, it is only going to worth, be worth so much there's, there's a, there's a, a, you know, a ceiling on how much you could possibly get for that vehicle. Uh, no matter how much you shine it up, no matter how great it runs, there's just a ceiling. Um, now, if you've got a, let's say a 1966 Chevy Impala, that's an entirely different story. I mean, there's always a ceiling, but that ceiling could be much, much higher. And there's, there's, there's opportunity there. And there's typically not a lot of opportunity with the 2003 Hyundai. Although, Yours truly will buy 2,300 Hyundais pretty regularly, but my goal is that I'm not working in this category because the fact is there's not a lot I can do to maximize the value uh, of a 2003, a 21-year-old almost uh, Hyundai. Um, but they're still out there and they, they still run. I, 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 uh, they can be good vehicles, but uh, probably not the, the direction to go right now. Not, not, not in 2023. Uh, we've been doing this for a while now. These 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 uh, these cars sound older, and and keep that in mind if you're listening to the past episodes, because we we are on our going on I think five years. Um, now be careful not to underestimate the time and expense involved in this maximization process. This is really important, and I hope that some of you guys will share this on the forum with you know with your lesser experienced peers. Um, because it, it, the fact is that time is a big, big part of this equation too. You you only have so much time, and also you know spend your money on paper first before you spend it in reality. I mean, even if you've got that that '66 Chevy Impala that you believe you can turn into this gem, uh, before you do it, be accurate as accurate as possible on, on estimating what your costs are. Because now we're we're talking about really bumping your investment up 
and and sometimes it can pay off but but be sure to you know the uh, what is the old uh, adage measure twice cut once i think it fits here i mean we're not cutting we're but you get the idea that's i think that's a uh what do you call it a yeah i can't even think of the word but you, you get my point i'm not gonna belabor the cost that that point um so and and anticipate extra costs you're you're going to have extra costs below before besides what you do on paper besides what you know is going to be there be Besides what you anticipate, anticipate trouble it, because there's probably going to be some extra costs. And and if anything, be at least slightly pessimistic in your projections. Um, that can be difficult because you you want to get fired up, you want to get excited, but you know be 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 slightly pessimistic as you as you uh, project. And if you do better than you thought you would, awesome. But uh, be be careful. <laughs> um, you um you can probably like I said gather that that this is my least favorite of the alternatives, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong every time. It it, it can be right, and like I said earlier, I would love your input on that. Um, and I'll I'll look for it. Car flipping forum, come and, and share, and uh, uh it'll be it'll be fun to hear. And and if you've got a story to tell, I'd love to have you on the podcast sometime. Um, but that's that's what I had to share with you today. I, I thank you for for listening and watching, or uh, watching. <laughs> thank you for for listening and watching, or watching and listening. And uh, thanks to all of you who who uh, have been or or are are going to start uh, sharing on the car flipping forum. It's free. There's no catch there. Um, I do invite all of you to consider working directly with me, as I mentioned in episode 173 and i've probably mentioned a lot of other times but specifically in episode 173 the last one um so that we can help you become more profitable that's the whole goal that's the number one goal of flipping genius is to help you make more money number one goal i've said it a zillion times i know not quite a zillion but a whole bunch of times and you can learn more about that anytime at the at the website flippinggenius.com. F-L-I-P-P-I-N-G-E-N-I-U-S.com. Um, there's always a link below wherever you're watching. And and if you think if you think we can help you more, be sure to save us as a favorite and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Very, very important. I, I there should be a button below wherever you're listening or watching. And we need more subscribers to the YouTube channel. Just uh, straight up please subscribe like i said it four times now <laughs> and if you if you think we can help somebody else that you know that is in car flipping or wants to get into car flipping or has thought about car flipping please share flipping genius with them either the podcast or the the youtube uh, channel or the the website um they will thank you because there is a, a ton of great information and i'm I love hearing from you guys and hearing how much you appreciate what we put out there. Uh, that's that's why we're doing it. That is why we're doing it. it honestly, yeah, I want to make a buck or two. I'm not I'm not lying about that. But but my number one goal is to help you make more money. That's what it warms my heart to hear the good stories that we hear, and to know that at least some of the things that you've learned have come from the podcast and YouTube channel here. Hey, let's work together. Let's make some money. Let's all become flipping geniuses.